Welcome to Kingdom Conversations Women's Edition. My name is Crystal Fulton and I'm here with my lovely co-host. I will let them introduce themselves. Uh, Tori Anderson. And Alicia Halliburton. All right, so in this Kingdom Conversations, we're just gonna continue with our testimonies in regards to pregnancy. So we're gonna just cover a couple of topics where we're gonna talk about some challenges that we've had during pregnancy, birth, as well as a postpartum, which is after birth, moments of overcoming and diet and exercise. Can't talk about pregnancy without talking about food. I know for me, I can't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so diet and exercise um, while we were pregnant, after birth, and we will also talk about have our views change in regards to birth. And um, then lastly, we will talk about what are some health tips or some tips that we can provide other women who are pregnant or having complications with pregnancy or birth. Um, so yeah, so we'll just go ahead and jump right into it. I did want to for us to like introduce ourselves and tell everybody how many kids we have and how old they are. So I'll just start first. My name is Crystal Fulton. I have twins that are three years old. Uh, I am Tori Anderson. I have a four-year-old going on 30 and <laughs> I have a, and that's a girl by the way, and I have a one-year-old boy. And I also have a prenager who is two, almost three. And then I have a nine-month-old daughter. Is I mean, the two-year-old is a boy. And then Anaya is a girl. And mine are a boy and a girl. <clears throat> I guess we could start off with the challenges that we've had in regards to pregnancy. <laughs> the whole thing is a challenge. It's a challenge. <laughs> challenge, after challenge right? <laughs> Which one? Which one? Um, no, pre honestly, I actually enjoyed a lot of my pregnancy. I actually did. I enjoyed a lot of, a lot of my pregnancy. I enjoyed, um, especially with my first, just all the newness and, you know, things that I had just never experienced, you know, feeling him kick and feeling him, you know, just move and hearing his heartbeat. Like I just, I loved every bit of that. I love the pampering that, you know, everyone is just so concerned about you and just checking on you. <laughs> Once that baby is out, the world changes. Okay. Let me tell you, they're like, uh-huh. Yeah. We're the baby. <laughs> so, but I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed my pregnancy. Um, you know, like a lot of women, I definitely had like more, well, who came up with morning sickness? Okay. But I definitely had a lot of sickness. Um, and I think that probably could tie into kind of the health component, component that we're going to get into. Um, so there were definitely some physical challenges. I know I had a lot of issues like with my back, but I would say hands down, the biggest challenge is definitely mental, emotional. Um, cause your body's just going through so many changes. And I would also say that in comparison, pregnancy was a piece of cake to postpartum. And so I really feel like, I don't know, honestly, I feel like even with my second, I felt less prepared <laughs> for postpartum than I was with my first baby. It was hard, you know, and I'm still adjusting and I was only eight months. I think I, the second go round, I was just so focused on having like my redemption birth story, which I did. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. 
that was awesome. And then it was like, you do have to take this baby home. Like she's going to live with you <laughs> forever. And it just kind of almost shocked me. I don't know. <laughs> so that in a nutshell is kind of like, that was my most challenging part. It's like the emotional. So yes, I'll go next. I'm glad you had great experiences because for both of mine, the first five months was extremely difficult. I was very, very sick. Um, and my second go round was worse than the first time. So one thing I tell people that's a good thing for me with it being COVID is because my husband was mm. working from home. So he was able to help out with our two-year-old because if he wouldn't have been home, I tell people like she would have been full of fruit snacks and TV because that's just how sick I was. Like I really, I couldn't do anything. Like I would just lay in the bed. I know one day I laid in the bed probably to like two o'clock and I'm like, this is so like not my nature. Like I, like I get up early, things like that. So now I was with my second baby and with my first baby, I would just throw up at the same time every day. So I knew 10 o'clock was coming. I knew I was about to throw up. So I would just eat food that was easy to throw up. And that was fine. Like we just roll with it. And when it's, by the time the second semester, semester trimester came around, I was okay. Um, but I will say with both pregnancies, I had a lot of trouble with my teeth had like my first pregnancy I had a um a root canal done I never had cavities until I got pregnant and when I got pregnant all of a sudden I had cavities and then with my second baby I actually had to get a tooth pulled so those were like my biggest issues um I feel like I was more emotional my first pregnancy than I was with my second pregnancy and I'm wondering if that has to do with gender you know because it it has to Yes, I was like an emotional wreck, my first one. But the second one, I feel like I was pretty calm. And another issue that I had that I actually hadn't thought about until these questions came up, I actually had trouble with doctors both pregnancy. Mm. So with my first pregnancy, my doctor, she went private practice in the middle of my pregnancy. And so it was so funny, just they attended that they had just passed some laws, but Tennessee was the only state that was still accepting that particular insurance that we had at that time. Mm. Um, And just long story short, we got married. We didn't know anything about like insurance or anything like that. So my husband was like, I'm just going to get the cheapest insurance. And so the insurance he picked, it had extremely high like co-payments. So we just got married, didn't have no money. We were past broke. And here I am pregnant, going to the doctor like every single month. And then at six months pregnant, my doc, I don't have a doctor. And it was so funny, y'all. I remember I, was, I remember I was crying at the receptionist. I was like, I'm six months pregnant. Nobody's going to take me. And it was so funny. Another lady felt bad for me. She started helping me trying to find a doctor. So, um, but yeah, I ended up finding a doctor and the delivery was, yeah, that's a whole nother story. I won't even get to that, but he was not the nicest man. I will say that. And then with my second pregnancy, I was seeing a doctor and I was, I know we touched on the last time that I uh, met with a midwife and I didn't think, you know, that that's something that I would do. And I, a couple a couple weeks later, I was like 30, 32 weeks. I got a letter in the mail from my OBGYN that said, I can no longer provide you care. It was a two sentence letter and that's all it said. So here I am eight months pregnant. Like, I'm like, who, because people, doctors really don't want to mess with you when you're pregnant, especially that far. So, uh, and I mentioned it last time, like my midwife, she saved a spot for me. 
So, yeah, those were, I had a lot of, uh, my pregnancies have been very, very interesting. So, yes. But like you said, Alicia, I thank you, Father, that I had my redemptive, my beautiful home birth experience. So, yes. yeah. <laughs> yes. so, yeah. <laughs> I'm interested. Like, you know, I have a boy and a girl, but, you know, both of them came out at the same time. So I don't have those separate <laughs> stories. <laughs> so, would y'all say like having a boy, like how you mentioned having a, a girl, you were more emotional as opposed to when you had your um, little boy. Was that correct? Yeah. And I think maybe Crystal, because I didn't know the gender of Gabriel through my whole pregnancy. So maybe if I'd known the gender, I would have been paying a little bit more attention mm. thinking about it later. Cause I remember me and my husband were talking about it. He was, I don't know we were talking about emotions or something. This was when I was pregnant. He was like, you haven't been emotional. Like, you have been pretty chill this pregnancy. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about you, Alicia? Everyone told me the opposite, and I still don't believe them. But they <laughs> said that I was so much more emotional. Me just will tell you to this day, like, oh, she was terrible. Oh, listen, I'm thinking, like, I actually was relatively calm compared to what was going on in my head. So I guess maybe they just could sense that I was bothered, but I really was nice. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what happened, but yeah, I do feel like it was definitely a difference. Um, and I was just so hot all the time. Like it could be 20 degrees. I was burning up hot. So I just remember like, it wasn't as pleasant the second go round for sure <laughs> compared to, um, the first time. Same Alicia. I remember like, cause both of my kids are born in December and I would turn the heat off in the so in the winter time because I was so hot and my husband would be so mad at me and I'm like look I'm growing a human I can't help it right right are you growing a human no so. <laughs> is this with both preg pregnancies y'all were both hot with both of them I was I was yeah burning up. Um, okay well um uh, my story let's see um, being pregnant with twins, I, yeah, um, when we found out, it was a huge surprise because we weren't expecting babies. Uh, they were honeymoon babies. The lady, she was like, uh, yeah, y'all are pregnant. I was like, oh, okay, which, which I had already known because I took like five pregnancy tests. <laughs> Why do we do that? <laughs> that? That one just just ain't cutting it <laughs> neither is that four um she was like yeah y'all are definitely pregnant and she was like and it's two of them and I was like what and um his aunt which is Keisha that y'all know now um she had told me before we got married she was like y'all are gonna have triplets and I was like no we're not so when they told us we had two I was like, uh, are you sure it's just two? No, no. <laughs> I was like, can you please make sure it's just two? But it was just two, of course. But yeah, so that was a huge surprise. We really wasn't sure how we were going to handle two babies. But we knew we had to get two of everything. Yeah, so that was an adjustment, just learning about it. Yeah, I wanted to ask you that, Crystal. Like, what was, what did that feel like? Because I, y'all would have had to get me off the floor, like, for real. <laughs> had to, like, throw some water on me. So what did that feel like? And how did you, I mean, I guess, adjust? Because I feel like that's, you know, that's, that's news that not many of us get, so. 
I was shocked. Uh, we both were speechless because Octavian was, I remember him being in the corner and he didn't say a word. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, we were shocked. Even after we left, it was just kind of surreal. You know, as you know, when you get the news, you're so early along, you can't feel anything. So it's just, it was surreal. Mm-hmm. I was like, I am really having two babies. Like, really? Like, is this really happening? So I was excited because of, you know, my past, which y'all already know about. So I was excited, but I was also concerned about, you know, the financial piece mm-hmm. of having two babies at the same time and all of that. So, yeah. So as the pregnancy progressed with me being pregnant with twins, it was considered um, high risk. So I had to go to the doctor's office quite a bit. Let's say some of the challenging times, because I don't want to be all long, but they had told us that Joel had a spot on his heart. We weren't really sure what that meant. And they were like, he might have heart disease and all of that. So we were just like, we're going to pray about it. At that point, I really, I really trusted the father. Like I really wasn't too concerned in a sense, I did feel like we needed to pray about it and seek the father on it and everything, but I wasn't like, oh my gosh, my baby, you know? And it was more so because of what the father had already done, you know? So that was one of the challenges. There's one story that I went to the doctor's office and the lady, she was like talking about Down syndrome. And she was like, you know, you, one of your kids could possibly come out with Down syndrome. And I was like, okay. And she was like, do you want to test for it? And I said, I already know the test pretty much if no one, if you don't know, the test pretty much um, entails them taking a long needle and putting it inside your belly to get some of the amniotic fluid. Well, the risk to that is that, you know, it can introduce infection. It can introduce all kinds of stuff. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to do it. I told her, you know, no, we're, we're not concerned about that. So she mentioned, and she was like, well, what will you do if one of them does have Down syndrome? And I was like, what do you mean? What would I do? And she was like, well, you know, you could give them up for an adoption. You know, you got two of them. And I said, what? What? <laughs> I was like, no, I want to keep both of my babies. Like, I was elated. I was just, not only because it was her saying this to me as a mother, I was elated because I'm like, being in the medical field, I'm like, you just don't do that. You don't, you know? So anyway, that was one thing. But luckily, she wasn't somebody that we saw on a regular. So it was just that one time. So that was... One thing we had to deal with during pregnancy. And then as far as emotions and all of that, um, I feel like I was all over the place, to be honest with you. I was upset. I was mad. I was, I was just all over the place. But I took on a lot of stress, a lot of unnecessary stress. Not that there is a, a such thing as necessary stress, but a lot of things that I shouldn't have been really concerned or worried about, I was worried about. It was crazy because the one thing that would be a legitimate thing to be worried about, which would be Joel, 
I wasn't worried about that. I was worried about all these other little things that I just didn't need to be worried about or concerned about. So it was a lot of a lot of stress um, during pregnancy, and that was it as far as challenges go. I would love to unpack that if we can, because I know that for me, you, you were talking about how you kind of took on a lot of unnecessary stress, and um, it just it reminded me of my postpartum period mm. and how I definitely like. I just, I was just so, I just felt so overwhelmed. Like I was just telling me, just like, I just feel like I'm drowning. Like, I don't know what is going on. Um, and I just felt so overwhelmed, so stressed through prayer, through, I mean, through all types of, you know, experiences, I realized it was just my perception. Like it literally was my perception. When mm-hmm. that changed, nothing else in my situation changed, but just my perception of it. And it was like, it was like, I had just, started seeing for the first time or something it was like I just snapped out of like I don't know like a a bubble or something and so I don't know I kind of wanted to know what what that was like for you all how did you deal with it um you know we always talk about the intersection of kingdom and in our in our lifestyle so what did that look like for you guys as far as dealing with the stress during pregnancy for me while I was pregnant um I will say that I had the knowledge, the kingdom knowledge was presented, but I was like that stony ground at that time, you know, um, that they mentioned what in uh, Matthew, who I think is 417, where you hear it, but the cares of the world, everything that's going on around you just kind of gets all that word out. So I didn't meditate. I wasn't praying. So it just made it just even more, even harder because I was dealing with it on my own, on my own strength. I think that was you that said that Alicia one time. So I was dealing with a lot of things in my own strength as opposed to going before the father. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say it was a lot of unnecessary, just stuff that I shouldn't even just took on. I really should have just put it before the father. And so that's what made it just so stressful. Um, With my first, I won't say that I was stressed. I was scared. I was mm-hmm. like, I, don't, I wasn't trying to have a baby. I didn't know what I was like. I don't know what kind of mother I'm going to be. I don't know what I'm going to mm-hmm. do with this kid. Like, I just don't know what I'm going to do. And I redirected, <laughs> I redirected that fear to trying to find a job. To like, okay, this is how I'm going to take care of my family instead of like actually dealing with the fact that I was scared to have a baby, to be a mother. Um, And so I put, I I guess I put pressure on DJ in a way too and pressure on myself to like find a job and do something after I have have the baby. Um, But with the second kid, I kind of want to say I was on cloud nine because you know, at that time, like, I felt like, actually, I know that it was time for us to have another baby. I also had the kingdom precepts of, you know, how to operate as a wife, staying in position, you know, let, allow my husband to worry about, um, allowing him to be a source provider, things of that nature, making sure that I'm supporting. So I had more knowledge of that. So I was able to I want to just, I guess, enjoy uh, the pregnancy, enjoy what my body was going through. Um, 
and just enjoy and acknowledge the father that my family was growing and understanding how much of a gift that really is to be pregnant. Because I know at one point I was so sick. I was like, can I just put this baby in a bag on my hip and then I'll be good. (laughs) But the father showed me like, there are so many women that want to be in this position. And there are so many women that can't have babies or or like physically can't have babies or aren't married and are how you were crystal who are choosing to stand on the word and uh, have family kingdom way instead of just getting pregnant. So um, yeah, I, th- I guess that answered your question, Alicia, but at the second pregnancy, I don't really feel like I had a whole lot of stress because at that point I was like, okay, I'm gonna have this baby. I'm gonna quit my job. And, but that's a whole nother <laughs> area oh, of stress. So yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I love what you said. And what I noticed between the both of you was like, it was like that self-provision at, in, in the first, with the first baby, like, I'm going to just have to figure this out myself, mm-hmm. you know, like self-reliance. And it's so easy. I feel like to fall in that trap because that's what we're taught how to do really. Right. It's like, if something is, you know, something is tough or whatever, then you just got to figure it out. You got to, you know, you know, get it done. You, you can only trust yourself type thing. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, like I, I had to get to a place where I realized <clears throat> I was not that good at it, even though I felt like, you know, that was the way to go. Um, it wasn't working out for me. <laughs> so at some point you got to try something else. And like you, Crystal, I realized, oh man, and I, man, I'm, I'm reminded of a conversation I was having with my mom. And she was talking about, you know, basically you can't pour from an empty cup, which I know that's something like that's a saying. And, but the difference is the world says, yeah, you can't pour from an empty cup, but it's the Holy Spirit who we need to be filled with him. And then also, we also have to empty ourselves of all of the extra stuff that we have come up with. Like, no, you can't have both. So you have to get rid of that fear, like Tori was talking about, or get rid of that, you know, that self-reliance, pray in the spirit, build yourself up, you know, like that's what it's going to take, put in the work versus just, I don't know, I I was almost in like, I guess you could say helplessness state or something, I don't know, hopelessness, like I just didn't, I don't know, I was just, I just felt like I was getting beat up on or something, and I was just taking it, like, just, Mm. I don't know, just laying there or something, so, like, that was, I guess, the turning point for me, is when I realized, I'm really not doing too good at this myself, (laughs) so, so, yeah, what about for you guys? I'll share this, there were times where I would, I had, I journaled a lot, I like to write, so, I would journal these, I call them my dear daddies. And that's me. (laughs) And I would, you know, write down like what I'm feeling, what I'm going through and verses would come up, but I didn't, it was crazy because I didn't realize that it was Elohim talking to me. I thought I was encouraging myself. I didn't realize the power that was behind what was coming to me. I was, I was just thinking, okay, well, this is just coming to me as encouragement for myself. So I didn't stand on the verses that were coming to me. I was just like, okay, well, that's encouraging. And I just go about my day um, instead of actually meditating on it or applying it. I definitely get that, Crystal, because even with my second pregnancy with me being so sick, 
I just kept hearing this one scripture just kept coming up every time I would pray and ask for help this same scripture would come up and I was like I know this give me something else (laughs) and then I was like okay hold up hold up I'm obviously missing something and when I stopped and just started meditating on the scripture that was Mm -hmm. coming up on me and I started to understand and just unpack so many layers and it was like it was almost like I instantly started to physically feel better like you know, it's just so funny. It just goes back to epigenetics. When we change the way that we think, instead of me waking up every morning, oh my gosh, I know I'm going to be sick. Okay, I started meditating on scripture and think, and don't get me wrong, I definitely understand how my body works in pregnancy. Like I know coming up on that five month mark, things were going to get better. But also did, I went through another spell where I got sick again. So yeah, but I went back to meditating on the scripture that the father had given me and we can cut the word off from working with our belief system. Like you were just saying, Crystal, like you just mm-hmm. went on about your day and me when I'm like, uh, like just because I remember telling my husband, like the word still works, even if like people use it as I don't want to say a cliche or if it's a scripture we've heard over and over, it still has power in that word. But our perception, what you were talking about, Alicia, like we got to be open to receive because the father knows what we need before we ask. But if you shutting it down because you looking for something else, it can't work. So yeah, I, I definitely get that. Yeah, that that's good. Something else that um, I would say my biggest challenge that kind of ties into what I, what I was talking about earlier, as far as feeling overwhelmed, it was more, it was also because I was so, um, I kept comparing the way that I used to do things before I had children to what I was able to do after. And I was like, man, like, um, (laughs) so I've, I've shared in other podcasts, I won't go into too much detail, but you know, before I was pregnant with my first, you know, I was working uh, full time. I was in school, full, you know, in school, doing ministry, doing community work, like doing, doing, doing. And then afterwards, like immediately afterwards, actually maybe a couple months before I had Judah, I was just at home. And at first it was great. Oh my gosh. I was like, it was the summertime. I was like going to my mom's, getting in the pool every day. Like I was living the life. Right. And so then after I had Judah, um, life hit and, you know, we have this business to run. I have this husband to feed. I have, you know, this new kid to figure out what to do with. And I just felt like I was failing. Like I was so focused on what I can't do, what I can't do, what I can't do. And I'll never forget, um, dad was talk. dad was teaching. And basically we were talking about laws and how, you know, righteousness, our righteousness is as a filthy rag, the scripture talks about. And it really just taught me like, it's not about what you do. It's about who you are. Like the father is more concerned about being than doing. And I, and I really had to make a shift in my mentality about how I saw myself because I realized that so much of my self-worth and my um, confidence was tied to what I did for a living and um, all the things that I could check off of my to-do list versus like, are you in position as a wife? Are you in position, you know, as a mother? Are you as a, in position as an ambassador? That's the most important part. What's in your heart? What's in your mind? Like, what, what are those thoughts that no one else knows about that you're thinking that's what the father is more concerned about versus did you clean dishes every day? Did you, you know, cook 
uh, uh, although <laughs> that's a whole nother story of, of challenges because I went through a, a strike where I was just like, I, I don't want to cook no more. Like, <laughs> 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 oh my gosh, I think I was pregnant and it just spilled over. So anyways, um, so yeah, so that was like a huge turning point for me is that change in mindset between like doing versus being. I love that you said that, Alicia, because when you said that, it definitely reminded me of what people you talk about mom guilt now. And mm. that it's just such a like a trap. Um, just mm. like it's just so many cliches out there that are such a trap to fall into uh, and just using the term mom guilt. I've, I definitely used it. Um, but just understanding like how you were saying, Alicia, how you just made that shift. Like, why is the world telling us what we should feel guilty about? You know, like, especially when it comes to the world didn't create our parents, didn't create our children. The father created our children and created us. And, you know, definitely supplied us with everything we needed to take care of those kids and do what we need to do. So, yeah, just wanted to just mention that because I thought about that when you were talking. I guess we can go into diet. What was your diet like when you were pregnant? (laughs) Well, I'll say this. I'll let you go, Alicia, but I will say this. I don't know about y'all, but food tastes so much better when you're pregnant. Food tastes so much better when you're pregnant. Like, Crystal, do you know anything about that? Like, I guess the taste buds is like extra sensitive or something. Because that's like the best part of pregnancy. (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) I don't know if there's any facts to back it up, but I definitely can witness. Diet and pregnancy. (laughs) I get an F, to be honest. (laughs) You know, I'll just be transparent because this is definitely an area where myself included, I feel like the enemy, he just, he got us so, you know, so focused on everything else. And this is a huge access door. And I feel like pregnancy really shined a light on that. (laughs) I'll tell a quick, quick story. I remember before we got pregnant, my husband, um, Gosh, love that man. He presented to me a document that basically was like, okay, you want to have a baby? You, this is what your diet needs to look like. This is what we need to, this is what we're going to have to do. And I'm just like, okay, father, you gave me this man. All right. So um, I can't say I stuck to my contract, <laughs> but I will say I learned so much through the process. And I, I also credit my the second go round, my midwifery care that I got, it was so much more in depth and I learned so much more about my body um, and about like it focused on my diet. And, you know, it, it was just so much more a, a thing than it was the first go round. So, um, so definitely the second go round, it was like, okay, like, you know, better now you need to do better. And, you know, I I definitely was held accountable a lot more, even though I was a lot more tired and stuff, but it was one of those things where I had to get it together. And I remember um, I was not exercising like I should. And I remember um, like way towards the end, I went 42 weeks and like five days. I know, let that sink in. Crystal was like, "Mm -mm." They were basically, they were like, if you don't have this baby by tomorrow, we're taking the baby out. Like you have to go into labor. They, you know, they put, anyway, that's a whole nother thing. Um, And so I felt like it was my fault. I felt like it was 
because I wasn't exercising, you know, and it probably did have something to do with it. Um, so I was squatting like <laughs> nobody's business them last couple of days. I was like, Lord, please, like I do not want to have a C-section, you know, whatever. So all in all to say, um, I definitely could have made some improvements and I wonder how that would have impacted my mood, how I would have impacted my labor. I mean, thankfully I had a really, a really quick labor the second go round, but um, I don't know. What was y'all's experience with diet? Because I did not do. Well, I'll say with first baby, definitely got an F. Like, yeah, I just didn't do good. I remember eating waffles and queso at like two o'clock in the morning. Like, yeah, it was. You, it, you get the excuse almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. did y'all do that? Sorry to cut you off, but I definitely like. I almost. I, I, yeah, I, I would have to say, I would have to confess that, sorry, Demetrius, a lot of the times when I said I was craving something, I just wanted to eat it. Like, I just, I just wanted to go to Steak and Shake at 2 a.m. just because I thought it was fun. Like, I wasn't, that was not the baby. That was me. It was like, <laughs> no, well, no, I didn't have a lot. I think I may have only had like one or two like that. But for the most part, I feel like I was like, because I, honestly, I was scared about gaining too much weight and not being able to bounce back after I had the baby. So that was me. But um, second baby, I got an elf until I switched to midwifery. And like mm. you were saying, Alicia, when she started talking to me about diet and she told me that eating a lot of processed foods will actually make your baby bigger and it'll make your birth harder. And I didn't know that. And that scared me. And so I started eating healthier um, and I did work out. I, I worked out throughout my pregnancy both times because I was working out before I got pregnant. Um, it's just when COVID came and the gym shut down. So I stopped for a little bit, but that was kind of something I, that I was already doing. But y'all, CMOS, CMOS changed everything. When I started taking CMOS during my pregnancy, because at first I was like, I ain't never heard of CMOS. CMOS came out of nowhere and everybody done hopped on it. Like, it's right, just for real. Right. And I started, I, and um, uh, a girl that we go to church with, she gave, she was like, just try it. She gave me a sample. Changed my life. Been cooked ever since. My mood was better. <laughs> my energy was better. Like, I remember I got up one day, cleaned the whole house before like 10 o'clock. I'm like, this is it. This is <laughs> it. So, but yeah, like drinking my teas that, um, that my midwife had given me making sure that I was eating shit because I know she told me a lot about berries and avocados and good fats and things like that and it made a big difference in just how I was feeling and um just being active in my mood and uh I think it showed up in my birth because I know one thing she kept telling me when my baby was born that the umbilical cord was really thick and I don't know what that means Crystal maybe you know what that means but she was like oh I love it and I was like, well, that sounds like it's great. So we just gonna keep going. <laughs> I will say I don't know. Yeah. But, well, the only thing I will <laughs> say though is that next go around when I have another baby, um, is that one thing that my because I start I started at 32 weeks with my midwife. And so mm -hmm. one thing that she was telling me with my next baby is that we work on nutrition earlier, like put a lot of minerals and things in my body, it'll help with my postpartum later. And my postpartum was extremely difficult, but that's not what we're talking about right now. So, yeah. Um, as far as mine, I actually did, I didn't do good on the mental part, but on the physical part, I'd actually did 
Pretty well. Back then, we were really um, on the alkaline. So I was eating a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables. Like Tori, I was doing the sea moss, didn't have the gel. So we were doing actually sea moss tea, which does not taste good to me. But <laughs> yeah, um, but it really, I mean, exactly what you were saying, Tori, just gave you energy. I feel like eating healthy did a lot, but like we know uh, you can't have one without the other. So the mental part and the physical part would work wonders. I, I did eat healthy. I did have my times where I kind of got off. I would do Chipotle, like, but I do a veggie bowl. But when it comes to alkaline, that's horrible, you know, because you just got off the whole alkaline thing. You're eating hybrid vegetables. So it was considered horrible, but it was still actually a healthier diet. But mm -mm, go ahead. So you a hybrid vegetable. Just to say this, I'm not really big on alkaline that much anymore because I really don't know the foundation of what Dr. Sabi believed. But I do, I will say this that he had a lot of good, I guess you want to say, philosophy when it came to what vegetables do to the body and sea moss and all these different herbs. But as far as like sticking strict to his diet, I'm kind of wavered on that but anyway hybrid vegetables he basically feels like for example like a broccoli it's actually not a natural vegetable that was just came up from the ground that actually man made it like he I don't know I can't say the exact like what it was mixed with but like two different plants mixed together to make this one plant it's not an original vegetable so like cuties aren't original like fruit. Right. Gotcha. You said Chipotle was bad. Yeah. Yeah, for people who like were really, you know, really stick to the alkaline, they're really, really strict about like it's a, a whole list of even just spices, just certain wow. spices and everything. So yeah. So I did pretty good on the diet part. Um, I have a question for you, Crystal. Um <clears throat> Because of like, you, I know you shared last episode about your past and, um, you know, everything that you mm. went through. Did that affect your mm. diet and how you, you know, started to treat your body, I should say? Or Yeah, I'm glad you said that because that's what I was going to mention. Yes, um, because of the fibroids and all of the issues that, well, <clears throat> just in case somebody hasn't listened to part one, I'm sorry, the fertility part. You know, I had the diagnosis of endometriosis, cysts on my ovaries, and multiple fibroids. I, that's one of the reasons why I was okay with eating healthier and trying to make sure that my body was, you know, in the right condition to house two babies as opposed to one. Because um, like I said in the other podcast, I have my fibroids were positioned in a way where if they removed them, I wouldn't have enough uterus to carry one baby. So with having fibroids and having a child, their main concern is where the placentas are located. So if your placenta is where on top of a fibroid, the fibroid can be drawn the nutrients from the baby. So it's all Elohim that <laughs> I had all these fibroids surrounding two children. And because they're fraternal twins, they didn't share a placenta. So they had two placentas and they were intricately placed in between these fibroids. And I know that that was all Elohim. 
it was all him had to be for sure i'm so glad that you practice self-discipline um with your diet i'm gonna get it right Um, and actually okay so i will say that if i didn't learn anything else pregnancy itself doesn't necessarily change you like you have to make that choice you know anyway and that's what I realized like I thought I I always told myself oh when I get pregnant I'm I'm gonna do right I'm gonna do better you know whatever but you will just go right back to your old self whoever that you know whatever that is so that was one thing that I learned and I'll say my son who is uh now two and very much picky and one of the things that I used to always eat is cheese pizza. When I say that boy should be a cheese pizza because he eats so much cheese pizza. And it's like, well, that's kind of like, like it, it just shows, you know, like you really have to be careful what you do because your children are impacted by it. And so that has been the biggest motivation out all, and also me wanting to be obedient and taking better care of my body that I have made significant changes, um, you know, definitely working out way more, definitely um, changing my diet. And then Miss Anaya, she's eating every fruit and vegetable. Like she does not care. <laughs> she will eat it, them all. So I'm glad about that. But I just, I wish that I would have made those lifestyle changes for myself first. And I wonder how that would impact it, you know, my son. So I do regret that I didn't listen sooner and do what I'm supposed to do. I will say this, Alicia, I started off good, but postpartum was a whole different story. So, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah. Yeah, I can't say I passed the postpartum test either. Just being honest. But yeah, I got better. I got better. (laughs) Something else I used, just in case there's a listener out there, was red raspberry leaf tea was also something that I used because of the fibroids once again having that I wanted to make sure my uterus was in um, basically what it does is it tones up um, the muscles in the uterus so I just wanted to make sure my uterus was good with everything that was going on with it so and just to piggyback off of that that's something that I drink now and I've (laughs) noticed a whole lot of differences just in my monthly and just how much easier it is and just like I just felt better and yeah and now and, and when we talk about the postpartum I'll talk more about that how it helped but yeah that raspberry leaf tea is is it's, it's mighty that's how you know the father just made all of that so yeah oh that's the best part like man he just he already knew and he has created all of these things but so many of us we and, and ugh, okay I don't want to open up this this uh, Pandora's box, but just the medical industry um, and just how so many things are medicalized. Like they will prescribe you, you know, so many medications when there there are herbs and there are teas and there are vegetables and fruits that can address the things that we have going on in our bodies, but we just aren't aware of them. And so, you know, a lot of people just go with the flow and you know, not and and may have other side effects because of that. So. It's super important to be aware of that. With you saying that, Alicia, um, I had took a class, an alternative medicine class, and come to find out a lot of the medications that um, the pharmaceuticals have contain some of the herbs. It's just mixed in with a whole lot of other fillers. But when I read that, I was like, wow, 
Yeah, I'll just put a pen in it there, like you say. No, like, don't put a pen in it. <laughs> here. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> I am just... requesting, though, like, I think we should definitely, I think it would be good to um, talk about any resources or whatever. Like, I know you mentioned Dr. Se- Sebi. I never know how to pronounce his name. Sebi. Yeah. Um, and the stuff that he has out, I definitely have um, heard about him. We've mentioned the raspberry leaf tea. Are there any other resources um, or things that you guys would want to recommend to people that really helped you guys? During your, um, during your- um, Alkaline Valley um, was a website that we used to find out like different fruits and vegetables that help tone the uterus and all of that because you know that was one of my biggest concerns was you know uterine health myself and my husband both went there a lot on just um, learning about vegetables and fruits and stuff like that I hate to end it now but we're out of time so thank you guys for listening and we hope that you guys tune in next time shalom shalom